There we go. Okay, Jessica's putting the kids to bed. And it's nice and quiet in here. I've got my lighting. Actually, I like I like the lighting situation here with my red light on in the background. It's much more soothing for me. It helps me sleep better. One of the problems with doing live streams at night. One of the great things about doing live streams at night is I've already gotten all my daytime work done. One of the problems of doing these live streams at night, which is kind of work. It's work, but it's fun. But one of the problems with it. Uh, staring at that computer screen, it, uh, it keeps you up, keeps you awake, right? The, uh, all, the, all the blue frequencies of light, all that blue light, all that artificial light blasting me from the screen is awful for your sleep. So after these streams, I usually end up staying up till 12, sometimes 1 o'clock. I, I like to read afterwards, wind down, pray a bit, and go to sleep. And by the time I get to bed, it's like 1.30, 2 o'clock. So... If I just adjust the lighting, subtly adjust the lighting, so it looks like I'm kind of in a space pod, <laughs> then it, uh, it can actually help, right? Certain frequencies of light, like the blue frequencies of light that keep you awake, they keep you awake. They've stopped the production of melatonin. And there are certain frequencies of light that you get from like fire light, right? Natural fire uh, that you will get from uh, the sun, yeah? 650 to like 670 nanometer range there's this red frequency which is what you see there in the background and that frequency of light actually helps you to produce melatonin it does the opposite talked a little bit about that last night on david patrick henry's stream church of the eternal logos stream last night big shout out to david um, guys make sure to check out his channel his channel is is blowing up is blowing up and it's well worth watching he's uh you know he, he works really hard at it and i love talking to that dude um so yeah we talked a little bit about that last night because dph david patrick harry he's got some sleep issues like so many people so many freaking people have sleep issues it's ridiculous it is ridiculous anyways all right guys we are, we're gonna talk a little bit about health today oh this is relevant you know i didn't <laughs> I didn't mean to have this one pulled up, but this meme is quite relevant. We're going to be getting deeper into this specific issue, the essential twerkers, uh, many of which are about to be declared not so essential for their twerking. All right, their twerking was crucial. It was essential. They were the heroes of the last year and a half. They were heroes. Now, all of a sudden, if they don't want to take the medical treatments that are being mandated, that are experimental, then... Pfft, they're not, they're not essential anymore. They're not heroes anymore. Freaking insane, right? But uh, we can't talk about that too much on YouTube. We're going to be doing that one, Rockfin exclusive. Um, we're going to be doing that exclusively on Rockfin. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now, first of all, make sure to hit the thumbs up, share the videos, like the videos. YouTube will not notify you about these. So if you actually want to get notified about these streams, I will drop... The link, or if you know, if can I can I bug one of my mods? I got I got the most awesome mod squad right now in the chat. If you uh, if some of my awesome mods, if one of you could drop the get notified for upcoming streams link in the chat, so people can actually get notified. We do send out an email before our streams because YouTube will just won't notify you. They just straight up won't notify you, and they'll unsubscribe you over and over again. 
And that's why we're going over to Rockfin, because not only do you not get unsubscribed, not only do they uh, not mess with your view count, or not only do they not shadow ban your channel, what's so cool about Rockfin is you can actually monetize. We can actually monetize over there. Now, we can still monetize through YouTube, but that's through Streamlabs. Yeah. So if you guys have questions, comments, if you just want to support the stream, use that Streamlabs link over there from YouTube. But if you're on Rockfin, you can also send tips. The tipping mechanism is freaking awesome on Rockfin. Um, it says, you know, there's a little button there. It says $2 tip, but it's not just limited to that. You can do 2 5 10 20 25 I think it goes all the way up to 100 Yeah? So I know... Uh, Calm down, guys. I know it only goes to 100 for some of you really big tippers out there, for the, for the crypto-rich big tippers out there. Um, you can still just do multiple 100 tips over there on Rockfin. But anyways, the link for the Rockfin stream, which the second half of this is going to be only on Rockfin, is pinned right now in the chat, and it's in the description of the YouTube video. So anyways, we got Marco. Shout out to Marco in the stream in, the, uh, in YouTube, and he was asking... Just want to answer his question real quick. He said, where'd that go? He said, how about working in the sun? I did that today. Yeah, when you're outside, when you're outdoors in natural sunlight, when you get natural sunlight, oh shoot, did, did YouTube just blip? That's <laughs> so funny. YouTube is glitching out. Rockfin is totally fine. How funny is that? If you guys are watching on YouTube... Sorry about that. Looks like YouTube just blipped out. But Rockfin is totally fine. Isn't that weird? It's not even my, it's not even my internet. Anyways, I, I try to be patient with the YouTube situation. If you haven't noticed, I'm not a big fan of YouTube anymore. <laughs> I'm not a big fan at all of YouTube anymore. Although I love being able to put out content. I love our audience on YouTube. I'm not a fan of what they've done to their platform. So anyways, Mar uh, Marco was asking about red light, red light frequencies. Yeah, being outside in natural sunlight, not only is that crucial for your health, but working physically outdoors, I mean, it's also really just really good for your mental health, being outside more, uh, being away from electronic devices, but it will help you sleep as well. All right, you natural light during the day and then avoiding artificial blue light at night, that's how you improve your sleep. I mean, just that simple concept of looking at natural sunlight as like a nutrient, right? Look at natural sunlight as a, as a nutrient. And if you kind of consider artificial light, using the uh, nutrient allegory, artificial light at night is kind of like, uh, I don't know, lab-grown meat. Lab meat, there you go, or soy, <laughs> which is what we're talking about today. We're talking about soy. We're talking more about the attack on masculinity. We're talking about international relations, as you may call them. And we're talking about Afghanistan. Everyone's talking about Afghanistan. You know, the, uh, everybody knows about the, the opium wars, <laughs> the, the new opium wars, which are kind of the same as the old opium wars in many ways. Now, remember, the, uh, the British used opium as a weapon. They used import and export of drugs as a weapon to not just destroy cultures, but also to bring in these huge companies like the British East India Company to create essentially kind of pirate-style economies and eventually take over entire areas. But that concept didn't just stop there. And that concept doesn't just apply to drugs. 
that concept actually applies to many crops. <laughs> that concept is not limited to the opium trade. That concept is, uh, has become a forefront of American foreign policy over the last few decades. Actually, about the last... Oh, man, about 50 years now. Food as a weapon. Now, of course, this was also used during World War II, right? Strategically targeting trade routes, strategically targeting enemy combatants' food supply. Now, we know in Vietnam that weather warfare as well as chemical warfare was used against crops. Right? In Vietnam, Agent Orange, which was developed by Monsanto, right? Agent Orange is, is a Monsanto product, right? Agent Orange which has created so many birth defects, um, destroyed the health of so many veterans. Agent Orange, of course, that Monsanto product, was used as a defoliant and to destroy the crops of the Viet Cong and destroy their land. Now, I'll be pulling a little bit from this book. If you guys want to dig a little bit deeper into the use of food as a weapon, I think this is a really good place to start. F. William Engdahl, Seeds of Destruction, The Hidden Agenda of Genetic Manipulation. Engdahl's book is crucial to understanding food as a geopolitical tool, understanding the, uh, the history behind the big money that funded the so-called Green Revolution, which brought us this agricultural system and dietary system and food pyramid that's destroying our health today. And that's turning us into effeminate, proud. Right? Pride is now a virtue in our, in our fallen culture, but turning us into effeminate, proud soy boys like our friend Earthling Ed here. So we'll start it's out with, really important start out with Earthling Ed. So like if, you, if you go back to, again, there were nomadic beings. The men are the primary hunters in these nomadic, um, nomadic times. And so obviously, there's a connotation that, that, that that's where it comes from. Like, Sorry. you eat meat to be manly. But actually, if, if we think about it, the, the, the act of killing the animal wasn't the masculine trait back then. It was the act of providing for, for, the, for your homes, right? Oh, we, have this, we have this idea that, like, that like eating meat is, like, masculine, you know? <laughs> it's like this, the, uh, the, the, I think he's talking to a group of children, too. Let's see, does he, does he say in the description who he's actually talking to? He's talking to them like they're idiots. <laughs> he's talking to them like they're very stupid. Which, you know, I mean, of course, to go to an Earthling Ed, vegan activist, Earthling Ed um, speech, you're, you're not going to be the brightest of the bunch. But, yeah, this, this, this idea that, you know, if we could just deconstruct masculinity, deconstruct gender roles... And then somehow we're going to create this, this utopia, right? We're going to create this, this equality utopia, um, you know, through, through the, the blending of the genders, through the destruction of barriers between genders and, uh, you know, a new, a new vision of masculinity, right? Like what the, uh, the Rockefeller Foundation called the, the new science of man right? or what in the book, uh, and what in the Stanford Research Institute's Changing Images of Man book, they discussed uh, this concept as well of just changing man's image of himself, man's place in the universe. Because you have, if you can form and mold people's view, people's vision, people's worldview concerning what it means to be human, 
right? What it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what it means, what a family really is, right? What a, uh, what a real, what a healthy culture looks like, right? What health looks like, what a healthy diet looks like. When you form people's worldview about these things, you can engineer entire cultures, you can engineer entire societies. Masculine trait back in the day. Gender, gender role has changed, right? But this is back in the day, right? The, act, the masculine act was to provide and to, to look after and to defend. But we've conflated that with the masculine thing being aggressive, but also killing animals. And so you, you translate that feeling to a 2019 context and you have people thinking, actually, well, actually to be manly means to eat meat, but actually to be manly doesn't mean to eat meat. It means to, to look after, right? And that would be the direct correlation. But we've conflated that so much. Now, obviously it's not just about like primal intuition that drives this culture and like advertising plays a, a massive part. And so in America and Australia particularly, I don't know about here, in the UK it's not as bad, but in America and Australia, it is heavily, heavily perpetuated in advertising that men eat meat, and also by eating meat, you get women, right? Because these, these takeaway adverts like Carl Jr.'s, Subway, Burger King, it's all about the fetishization and glamorization you know, of, of eating meat. And, and, and that's somehow making, you know, getting women to find you attractive. And it's, it's really grotesque when you watch these adverts and you simplify what's happening. You know what's grotesque? <laughs> you know what's really grotesque is <laughs> scrawny little bent-necked vegans. Scrawny, effeminate, emasculated, decultured vegans talking like you talk. <laughs> you know what's really grotesque? Your mannerisms, sir. You know what's really grotesque? Your voice. You know what's really grotesque? Your vibe. <laughs> you, you guys who are trying to deconstruct masculinity redefine masculinity, redefine what it is to be human, that's what's grotesque, that's what's an abomination. And so that's, uh, uh, you just, you just, we have to defend the animals. We have to defend the animals. As far as, a, as veganism goes, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. If you want to avoid the eating of animals, all good. It's stupid. Right? If you're going to force that on your children, they're going to be unhealthy. And you're going to be forced to eat soy replacement foods that will end up actually emasculating you. But um, you know, if you're going to actually push this agenda, if you're going to actually buy into this agenda and <clears throat> go down this uh, and live out this, re this vegan worldview where you see uh, eating meat is basically murder, and you're going to end up looking at all of your friends and families and seeing murderers. You, know, you see them as basically you know, subhuman idiots who haven't been enlightened like you. you know, you're, this, you're this great enlightened sage. You've figured out you know, the, the secrets of the healthy vegan diet, the secrets that, oh, you don't have to eat meat. You know, we're, gonna, we're breaking the cycle of death. You know, it's, like, it's almost this Gnostic. And then the, the Gnostic cults in the first few centuries of Christianity, the Gnostic sects actually did forbid the eating of meat, which is interesting. But it is this kind of uh, this Gnostic seeking of this state of uh, perfect peace and, and harmony. Right? It's a false harmony. It's a false peace. They're basically starving yourself, right? Through fasting for the animals. Now, you are fast, you're not fasting for God. 
when you're vegan. You're, you're fasting for animals. You're worshiping animals. And then all these little excuses, oh, we only meet because they, they tell us to on TV. <laughs> You'll just, the, the patriarchy is just telling you to eat meat. You wouldn't be eating meat if the patriarchy didn't tell you to. These adverts and what's been reinforced to people, but it really, really works. Like advertising is so powerful. So now you have this idea of that, and then as a vegan, I get accused of being a soy boy, right? And now I am a soy boy because I love soy. Like that's fine. I drink soy milk, I eat tofu, but the idea is being a soy boy. Wait, we know. Or you're what, feminizing yourself, right? Because there's phytoestrogens in soy products, which there is. But phyto. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. So speaking of feminizing, speaking of destroying cultures, speaking of domination through diet, for Afghans, a soy solution takes root. Far from his Pasadena home, nutritionist Steve Kwan stood before Afghan government officials and agronomists in Kabul three years ago, extolling the virtue of protein-rich soybeans as a way to curb the rampant malnutrition in the war-torn nation. So, so this is, when you look at what the U.S. does, right, what the, uh, the Anglo-American mission is all about. The U.S., when it goes into these countries, when the U.S. invades a nation, one of the first things they do is they open it up for business, right? Free trade, baby. Free trade. <laughs> so when you look at, uh, I'm trying to find the page here in, F. William Engdahl's book concerning Iraq and what happened when the U.S. entered Iraq. Let's see, I guess he talks about it in the introduction here. Nope, nope. So, when the U.S. went into Iraq, one of the first things it did was open it up for exploitation by, of course, Western companies. There it is, 197. So, F. William Engdahl does a really good job in his book. Again, his book is called Seeds of Destruction, The Hidden Agenda of Genetic Manipulation. Chapter 10, concerning Iraq getting the American seeds of democracy. Uh, when George W. Bush, and this is a quote from his book, uh, from F. William Engdahl's book, when George W. Bush spoke of planting the seeds of democracy, few realized that he had Monsanto genetically engineered seeds in mind. Following the U.S. occupation of Iraq in March 2003, economic and political realities of that country changed radically. Not only was Iraq occupied by some 130,000 U.S. troops and a small army of private mercenary soldiers and fortune uh, of fortune, rather, uh, closely tied to the Pentagon, it was also under the comprehensive economic control of its occupier, the United States. Control over the Iraqi economy was run out of the Pentagon. In May 2003, Paul Bremer III was put in charge uh, as administrator of the newly created Coalition Provisional Authority, or CPA, a thinly veiled occupation authority. Bremer, a former U.S. State Department terrorism official, had gone on to become managing director of the powerful consulting firm of former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, Kissinger Associates. Remember, Henry Kissinger said, if you want to control oil, you can control the nations. Control oil, you control the nations. Control food, you control the people. Right? Kissinger is famous for saying that. 
So, again, Kissinger's guy in the U.S. State Department. Uh, another quote here. In many respects, U.S.-occupied Iraq was a far better opportunity than Argentina because, of course, these U.S. companies also love to exploit South American countries. Now, Argentina was a major testing ground for GMO soy. Uh, the agricultural system of the entire country under the domain of, U of GMO agribusiness, the U.S. Occupation Administration simply made Iraqi farmers an offer they could not refuse. Take our GM seeds or die. <laughs> Bremer had a de facto life and death control over every area of civilian authority in occupied Iraq. Notably, he did not report to the State Department. <laughs> hey. Racism, man. I love to racism, we getting some support here. Thank you, guys. That was a notification for a Streamlabs donation. If you guys are watching on YouTube, if you want your questions read, please support via the Streamlabs. Thank you very much. Um, uh, where'd it go? Bremer held a de facto life and death control over every area of the civilian economy in occupied Iraq. Notably, he did not report to the State Department, which is typically the department responsible for deconstruction. Reconstruction, rather. <laughs> you got to deconstruct before you reconstruct, don't you? But directly to the office of the former Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld in the Pentagon. As head of the CPA, Bremer moved swiftly to draft a series of laws to govern Iraq, which at the time had neither a constitution nor a legally constituted government. Da, 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 da. So the IMF of course, imposed the, some of the similar uh, uh, situations, this so-called free market economic model on these former, former Soviet uh, states. And where did that go? Where did that go? So essentially what they did was destroyed Iraq's heritage seeds. It's a long chapter, but essentially what happened was the U.S. military went and destroyed Iraq's heritage seeds, destroyed Iraq's entire economy, destroyed their way of life, and forced GMO seeds instead of their heirloom heritage seeds onto the Iraqis. So thank you, U.S. military. So nice of you. So kind of you. <laughs> I'm sure the, the I'm sure the Iraqis are very appreciative that they had their heirloom varieties of wheat, their heirloom varieties of uh, sorghum, um, kamut. Yeah, all these foods that I don't eat very much of any of <laughs> they had all these heirloom varieties and they were wiped out now of course oh it's so sad the, these Afghanis they need soy they need soy it's actually a very fertile region now the malnutrition is rampant oh I wonder why I wonder why you know after what was this how many years of occupation at this time six years of occupation was it, a two, was it 2002 when the US entered Afghanistan and oh those poor Afghanis we better give them mandatory GMO seeds. All right, if you guys are watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm noticing right now that it is being throttled like crazy. Go over here to, oh no, wait, 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 wait. This was stopping. Uh-oh, we back? I had a little blip there. Watch out. Tell me if that, if that green light goes red, mm -hmm. if you notice. Sorry about that, guys. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Rockfin, there's a slight blip right there. If you're watching on YouTube, I am noticing, though, that on Rockfin, we're, we're getting a lot smoother stream quality. I'm not sure about maybe YouTube servers are overloaded. That does seem to be uh, a little bit slower there on YouTube. So the pinned comment... In the chat on YouTube, you can jump over and uh, 
jump over there and enter into the Rockfin realm. And you watch for free while we're live over there on Rockfin. Second half's going to be only on Rockfin. So yeah, let's get, let's get more people over there on Rockfin. Way better than YouTube, which destroys, destroys our ability to reach our audience and throttles this channel like crazy, which is heavily shadow banned as well. But let me come over here. I got a Exposing Powerful Lies, donated six bucks. Thank you, dude. Thank you very much for the, uh, for, look at that. The only, the only bigot supporting on YouTube over there, throwing six bucks. Thank you very much. We appreciate you and your support, man. Uh, Jerry says, hey, brother, long time no see. Hope you've been well. It was great seeing you on, with DPH yesterday. As always, thanks for all the great work you put out. Hope you had a blessed dormition fast. Please tell Crispy to stop being such a bigot. Much love. Doctor exposing powerful lies. <laughs> thanks, dude. Uh, the Dormition Fast just started, man, like four days ago, man. We just, we're just getting started on that fast. We got like 10 more days to go, I think. Uh, we appreciate the support, man. And if anybody else, if you guys enjoy the stream, feel free to support via, the, uh, via that link over there in the chat. Or I'm sorry, yeah, in the, uh, in the description on YouTube for the Streamlabs. I'll put it in the chat right now. So support the stream. And if you guys are in the come over here on Rockfin, we might have a couple tips on Rockfin. There you go. There you go, guys. All right, so we are live on Rockfin as well. And look at that. Look at the bigots on Rockfin. Stepping up. Big support on Rockfin. Joy Jackson tipping five bucks. Thank you so much, Joy. <laughs> Joy says, uh, just because I want to show support for hashtag climate change now. Thank you for another enlightening show. Yeah, jo Joy's pro-climate change. She wants, she doesn't like the weather where she's at. She thinks the climate should change, which it's going to change in about... Let's see, about nine hours, the sun's going to come up. It's going to get warm. And if you bigots don't pay enough taxes, that will not stop happening. Uh, random user tip, two bucks, as trans vegans of the world unite. That's right. And Mikhail Christos. Thank you, Mikhail. Look at that. Big old fat. $20 tip from Mikhail. Says, my soy waxed shakes bring all the cucks to the FEMA camps. And they're all like, it's better than Yas. There you go. <laughs> Jessica really likes that one. She's cracking up over here. She finally, she finally understands a reference. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Alex Tremo del Norte. Yeah, there's no, there's no donate button here. You gotta, if you look, we really appreciate that you want to donate, that you want to tip, which is why we give you that opportunity through the Streamlabs, dude. Streamlabs is the best way, and none of that goes to YouTube. When you do it through Streamlabs, that actually goes to us. 30% of it does not go to YouTube. All right. True Seeker says, weird hippie boomer red light in Tristan's room tonight. Maybe be a Led Zeppelin or Bruce Lee poster in there somewhere. <laughs> I used to do all, I used to have the red light on every stream. Now you guys have to suffer through it tonight because it helps, helps me to sleep. It helps me to sleep. And I don't like wearing gay blue, bro blue blocker sunglasses. I don't like wearing any glasses ever on my face. All right. So Yon World up in the chat over there on Rockfin. Everybody who's watching on Rockfin, thank you so much for the support. Thank you for, uh, for sharing the videos, for liking the videos. Guys, make sure to upgrade to a subscription and get access to the premium members content as well. Um, all right, let's keep going. So yeah, in Afghanistan, they're trying to push soy, of course, back in 2008. All right, so you've got Stephen Quone. Standing before the Afghan government officials and agronomists in Kabul back in 2005. 
The way he asked the question was very cynical, said the 60-year-old Kwan, and all of a sudden, the other attendees seemed to realize that soybeans may not be as lucrative as the opium poppy. As Kwan tried to come up with a response, soybeans are roughly 35% less profitable. Another Afghan angrily challenged his countrymen. When our women and children are dying every day, the only thing you think about is how large will your profits be. Do you really love your country and your people? With the critics shamed, Juan and his colleagues went on to sell the group on soybeans, a new crop for Afghanistan. In 2005, two tons of seed provided by Quan's nonprofit, Nutrition and Education International. Oh, Quan, he's just a, it's a nonprofit, you guys. A nonprofit. They're just, they're just giving those beautiful seeds of GMO life away. They, pro <laughs> uh, they produce 10 tons of soybeans. Wow. Over the last two years, 4,400 Afghan farmers in 15 provinces planted 80 tons of seed, resulting in a harvest of 2,000 tons. Kwan's group provides the farmers with seeds, fertilizer, and training. Oh, so they don't, they don't, they don't tell them about all the pesticides. They, they make it say, oh, it's fertilizer. We're helping to make their soil fertile. They have very fertile soil there, by the way, which is why they grow so much opium. But the U.S., of course... The U.S. brought the opium trade back to Afghanistan. The Taliban had banished the opium trade. There was no opium being grown there under the Taliban, which the U.S. got rid of. Immediately, the opium trade was reignited, right? And this is 20 years ago. I mean, this, is, this opium is what has been killing our friends and families. And this is, this is what's so upsetting about all of this, right? They, they, they imported all this opium, flooded the streets with heroin, after the invasion of Afghanistan. Then the opioid crisis hits, and all these synthetic opioids start flooding the country as well, just destroying the youth. And all the while, they're promoting this stuff in pop culture, and they're promoting it in rap videos, and just trashing the culture, right, poisoning the people, getting them addicted to these vices, getting them addicted to this drug, many drugs that come from the opium poppy, And all the while, they're also spreading their GMO seeds, <laughs> GMO seeds, uh, and then destroying all these countries' heritage crops because this is what Monsanto's about. Right? It's not about feeding the planet. It's about dominating the planet. And so they say Kwan's group also guarantees to buy the harvest. This takes away most of the farmer's risk, and most keep the soybeans as food for their families. Oh, yeah, they're so nice. They guarantee to buy the harvest. So they, what they want is they want cheap labor. They want cheap, uneducated labor in these broken down, destroyed nations. They want cheap labor for these people. That's racism, man. I love to racism, bro. Soy face. So they, they want cheap labor. And we'll, we'll buy the seeds from you. Just, uh, you know, get your, get your, uh, get your little children to, uh, to work in the fields and spray our Monsanto Roundup everywhere. That's then going to destroy your soil, so you can't basically grow anything else except more soybeans. And then you guys can eat, just eat that exclusively. And then you'll be sterile. And we can kill two birds with one stone. We have cheap slave labor, and we can depopulate. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really, it's a very wicked system that's been set up here. And the IMF goes into these countries, gives these predatory loans, and the loan conditions are always forcing them to allow 
the penetration into their market of these GMO crops. So then they'll give these small farmers big loans through the IMF or microfinance schemes that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation sets up in places like Africa that'll put them into debt and make it to where they're unable to, where they're actually unable uh, to ever really pay these debts back. Now I put them into permanent debt. They have to buy all these huge machines. Just don't need the microfinance loans to buy. They have to buy these huge machines for harvest. They have to buy more and more pesticides every year. They have to buy the patented seeds that commit suicide that you can't save and regrow. That's what the IMF does. And so the Bretton Woods monetary system works on behalf of these global bankers, these global corporations, and the military, and in concert with the military through these public-private partnerships that were brought into popularity through the Rockefeller Foundation, in the U.S. at least, starting at the very beginning of the Rockefeller Foundation when the, uh, when the Standard Oil Trust was busted up. And so again, the GMO revolution and the GMO soybeans, you wouldn't have those if not for Rockefeller Foundation funding. They put over, over $100 million into sparking the so-called Green Revolution, right? And they give it these Madison Avenue PR firm names. Oh, the Green Revolution. It's great. It's so, it's so enlightening. It's so good. We're going to save the planet. We're going to save all the people. We're going to feed them all the green, healthy stuff. The Green Revolution was industrial agriculture. It was pesticides. It was Monsanto Roundup. Right, the, the Green Revolution was Agent Orange. The Green Revolution was genetically modified crops displacing people's heritage crops and the creation of the so-called factory farming system, which then consolidated the meatpacking industry under just four corporations in the U.S. And of course, these companies like Coca-Cola, Nestle, massive grain conglomerates like Cargill that runs over like 45% of the uh, global grain trade right now, probably more now. I mean, all these corporations have become more powerful after the global economic warfare of the last year and a half. You know, so you have this, this uh, kind of consortium of NGOs, private corporations, big banks, the U.S. military, and the U.S. government pushing these so-called green revolution, pushing the GMO revolution, and these, what, uh, what F. William Engdahl called seeds of destruction in his book. And they're very destructive at every level. They don't just, it's not just the pesticides that destroy the soil, right, where the autism rates increase dramatically. All the areas near these pesticide-drenched fields where they're spraying glyphosate, autism rates go up, cancer rates go up. Right? They create these oceanic dead zones from all the crap, all the sludge, and all the byproducts of these herbicides, pesticides, insecticides that Monsanto and Dow Syngenta produce for their genetically modified crops. They also destroy the genetic heritage of the cultures that, they, uh, that, that they've destroyed as far as their crops go. Right? You've got thousands of varieties of corn that were grown throughout South America for generations, for hundreds of years saving of thousands of years, passing these seeds down through the generations, thousands of varieties of potatoes. Just r ridiculous amounts of high-yield heirloom varieties of, uh, what was that called, kamut, wheat, in Iraq. 
all these displaced by the Monsanto seeds. That they, these, these companies force their way into these com- uh, countries. They basically force them to grow this stuff. All right, Rachel donated five bucks. Says, hey, bigots, thanks, Tristan. All the best with your fast. Thank you very much, Rachel. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the support. We've got, we've got bigots over Look at Bill Scroggs over here throwing a $20. Bill Scroggs throwing a $20 tip over here. Says, we need an honest discussion about terrain theory. Who should I get on to talk about terrain theory? A lot of people talking about terrain theory. But I haven't gone. I haven't done a deep dive on that yet. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the uh, the tip over there on Rockfin, and I'm gonna. You let me know who you want me who you want to come on to talk about terrain theory. All right, we got another twenty dollar tip from the Juice. The Juice, thank you, Juice. The Juice tip at twenty bucks is so ironic. Stationed with the Brits on their Remembrance Day. They were the poppy flowers as a symbol of remembrance in Afghanistan. It was like a joke that went over everyone's heads. Wow, that's, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? The Brits have a, che- they got a cheeky sense of humor, don't they? The Brits know exactly what the poppy can do as a geopolitical tool and as a tool for uh, destruction of culture. That's crazy. All right, thank you very much. For you guys, tips. Right, so anyway, so they, this, this guy, they say this guy brought, uh, single-handedly brought soybeans into, into the country, said Arthur Quinn, retired Washington, D.C., attorney and international consultant who helped, uh, who volunteered with Quan. Other groups providing aid to Afghanistan haven't focused on the basic need of trying to solve malnutrition. So get, get rid of your animals, right? Get rid of your heritage crops. Grow, grow opium. Grow your freaking opium and eat the soy, bigots. Eat the soy. U.S. soybeans support sustainability in Afghanistan. The USDA. This is, your, this is the money that they print out and then tag to your social security number so that you have basically eternal debt to the federal government if you're an American. This is, this is your children's debt. Going to this, U.S. soybeans support sustainability in Afghanistan. So they've been pushing this idea that, oh, it's sustainable. This is green. This is why I've been pushing back. Look, we're all about actual sustainability, which is why we do what we do, which is why we have our little homestead here. It's why we have our own cows, our own sheep, ducks, chickens. Which is why we're actually able to produce great, uh, a great portion of the food that we actually consume ourselves comes from the land we live on. All right, this is why, you know, like in Jessica's book here, where's that book? Where's that book? Speaking of, speaking of must-own books, right, this is why we focus on real, high-quality, locally-produced animal foods. All right, so the Carnivore Cookbook, Zero Carb Recipes. For people who really love animals. Isn't that a beautiful book? So we got a whole section on how to prepare organ meats. Now we actually have a lot of tips in here. Also about how to source good quality animal foods locally. We've got a great research, uh, great resources section. And the first uh, 15 pages or so gives you a lot of tips on how to get good quality, good quality meat affordably, locally. All right, so you guys can get this book. You check out, I don't know, maybe, maybe if you're on YouTube, I can 
convince one of my mods to to throw the link up there. Here, I'll, I'll pull the link. I think it's in the description. There's a link in the description for that book. You can get yourself a copy of the Carnivore Cookbook there at our website. But this is this is why we focus on what we focus on, not helping people to get healthy. You know, what you eat is one of the biggest driving factors of your health. I mean, it's it's. If, 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 there are people who don't realize this, right? But what you eat actually affects your health. The, the TV will gaslight you into thinking that that's a crazy statement to make. What you eat? Wait, you shouldn't be eating a bunch of genetically modified soy? <laughs> you shouldn't be making your whole diet based on soy replacement foods? My goodness. And what you eat is crucial for your health. I mean, not only your body composition, but your mood, your energy levels. I mean, your nutrient deficiencies are, can cause depression. And you see this in the vegan world. Now you see this among the vegan activists. Nutrient deficiencies due to lack of quality food, due to lack of quality fats and proteins in the diet. Those quality fats and proteins that you're going to get from good quality animal foods, that you're only going to get from good quality animal foods, <clears throat> those are also going to come with accompanying fat-soluble vitamins that you require, right? Vitamin A. If you are deficient in vitamin A, you are not going to be having a properly functioning immune system and central nervous system. But, I mean, that's, that's just a fact that farmers have known for a long time. So another, another really good book to read, other than, of course, you know, get a copy of Jessica's book here, The Carnivore Cookbook. I always forget to plug this one, but this, is, this book is so awesome. Actually, we got, I got re-inspired re today to, uh, <laughs> to, to make sure to plug that one more uh, from, well, Jessica reminded me because there was this, we had this great email exchange from somebody who, like emailed us, they wanted the ebook copy, and this dude was like, "Hey, like, give me a discount because this, this, and this." And I was just like, "I just give it to him," you know. Like Jessica's like, "I don't know if I want to." Like, I don't know. She she works hard on these things, right? And like, I like you look. The guy emailed you like asking for a discount. I think it's kind of cool. Like you know, it's he's out. He's he's reaching out. Maybe he did it in, a, in an insensitive way or something. But just give it to him. And she, she gives him a discount, and then the guy, he was so stoked, and like, he gave, he gave this glowing review in an email to her. He was like, where can I post a review of this? Um, but anyways, that, that reminded me. I gotta, gotta make sure to mention that in the streams more often. So, um, yeah, guys. What you eat is a major determining factor in your health, and in just how you feel. Your physical health, your body composition, but also how your mind functions. If you're short in vitamin A, which is something that, um, that farmers have known for a long time, which I started mentioning this other book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration by Dr. Weston A. Price. He actually started the American Dental Association and his research into the poor dental health, uh, health of Westerners, which is just absolutely atrocious. When you look at the teeth of cultures that are not eating the imported Western foods, right? Like a grain and soy-based diet. When you look at the, what they actually eat, they're always focused heavily on animal foods. They prize animal fats, 
But when you look at their teeth, they're straight. They're not all crooked like the average Westerner. Their jaws are properly formed. They don't, have, they don't get their wisdom teeth removed. The women don't have issues giving birth like so many Western women have because if you deprive people of vital nutrients, women will be born with narrower birth canals. This is something you notice in the British world, in the American world, and much of the West where we were so focused on these processed foods where we were replacing heritage foods with these GMO, nutrient-deficient crops, mass-produced monocrops, and especially removing animal fats from the diet and replacing them with fats from plants, right? Now, olive oil is a great uh, fat from a plant. There's a few fats from plants that are actually really good. Olive oil, uh, coconut oil is fine, right? But when you, you cannot replace animal fats with seed oils. Right? Even, you know, I mean, a lot of people like avocado oil, still not that great. Still not very good. Better than soy oil and corn oil, which are freaking terrible, Right, all these omega-6-based seed oils are awful for your health. You replace animal fats with those, and you get issues. Now, you remove vitamin A from the diet of pigs. Farmers have known this forever. If pigs don't have enough vitamin A, the sow will give birth to piglets that don't have properly developed central nervous systems, and they will be born blind, and in many cases, without eyes, <laughs> with no eyes. So Weston A. Price's book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, that's crucial also for understanding just basic nutritional principles that have been lost in much of the West. And that's a recent book that was actually published in like 1938 or 1940. But it's a very important anthropological work as well. So anyways, U.S. soybeans support sustainability in Afghanistan. They tell you this is sustainable. It's good. Oh, it's so good for you. Sustainability is just a buzzword, in case you guys haven't noticed. It's a buzzword invented by PR firms to sell you on global homomic monocrops. All right? Global kibble foods. Replacing your real, quality, locally produced foods with foods made in factories. Now we got a tip over here. Look at that. Rockfin bigots. You guys are amazing. You guys are amazing. Bill Scroggs says... Uh, Tim Cowan or Andrew Kaufman for terrain theory? Andrew Kaufman, yeah. We wrote down Andrew Kaufman uh, or Tim Cowan. All right, yeah. Will you write down Tim Cowan? Thank you, dude. Bill Scroggs, we'll make it happen. That is incoming. It has been requested. It has been commanded by those tips by Bill Scroggs. We appreciate the support, dude. We're going to make it happen. Clayton Wright, tip 10 bucks. says, great show last night. Tristana, you both spoke some real truth. Thank you, man. Yeah, I, I love going on... Uh, on uh, DPH's stream. Again, he's on YouTube, Church of the Eternal Logos. Big shout out to our friend David Patrick Harry. DPH. It's not, it's David Patrick Harry, not Henry. DPH, we'll call him. David. Sometimes I mix up, I mix up his last name. I get a little dyslexic on the, on the last name there. But yeah, Church of the Eternal Logos over there on YouTube. I uh, always appreciate my conversations with, uh, my buddy David. Shout out to Kotel. There you go. See, some, a few weeks ago, this happened like twice. I'm going to say Kotel. I'm like, what is Kotel? But that's Church of the Eternal Logos. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica's like, wait, Kotel? <laughs> yeah, that's DPH over there. Kotel's got a great channel on YouTube. Okay. So, back to the task at hand. Eat the soy bigots. 
eat the soy, grow the opium, help us destroy our culture by exporting that opium to us, and, uh, and grow us cheap soy. So yeah, Soybeans for Agricultural Renewal in Afghanistan is a project managed by the American Soybean Association's World Initiative for Soy and Human Health and Minnesota-based Shelter for Life International. The organizations will distribute the seeds, more than 2,500 bushels, comprised of about 467 million seeds, to these subsistence farmers, including approximately 500 women. So these subsistence farmers are now going to be slave labor for Monsanto. And guess what? The U.S. Air Force is going to fly those over because these are a weapon of economic warfare. They're a weapon of dependence. And their weaponization may go even further than that. All right, so this other article here, and I posted this one over on my Instagram. Let's see. Posted some screenshots of this over on my Instagram. It's better with, it's definitely better with the soy jack, with the soy jack image there. <laughs> um, why did the U.S. spend millions to make Afghans eat soybeans? The U.S. government spent millions of dollars trying to force Afghans to grow and eat soybeans. Guess what happened? So this, again, this is where your money is going. Right, just like Operation Warp Speed, this was Operation Monsanto drenching Afghanistan with pesticides and soy products. Afghanistan is a rich culinary tradition, but soybeans are not a part of it. American agricultural experts who consider soybeans a superfood. Experts, you guys. They're experts, and they consider soybeans a superfood. Found this dismaying. And so, over the past four years, they've invested tens of millions of taxpayer dollars to try to change the way Afghans eat and failed miserably. So again, our, our, our vegan, useful idiot friend over here, our feminized, deracinated vegan friend, Earthling Ed, looking like a gay gelfling. We've got Earthling Ed over here. Oh, it's just that you only eat meat because it's just so grotesque. Oh, it's so grotesque. And they're, they're advertising. The they're advertisers are making you want to eat meat. Dude, your whole, your whole worldview benefits big ag who literally spend millions of taxpayer dollars to try to force Afghanistan's the, uh, Afghanis to eat this soy. This is your whole... Your whole paradigm is directed towards the goals of these people who, who literally hate you also. <laughs> they, think you're, they think you're retarded. <laughs> Afghanistan is a rich, a rich culinary tradition. But let's destroy it with soybeans. So they've invested tens of millions of taxpayer dollars to try to change the way Afghans eat and failed miserably. According to the interviews and government documents obtained by the Center for Public Integrity, the effort to make Afghans eat soy has been marked by mismanagement, poor government oversight, and financial waste. Because I love soy. Oh, what a perfect, <laughs> what a perfect notification. I forgot about that one. Ten bucks from John Connor says I'm ready to knock out these people wearing masks. These people wearing masks. You mean the heroes? You mean you're ready to knock out the people who only wear a single one, like a pussy? We should wear two, three, four, five of these masks. We, so we want soy-based masks. That'll be sustainable, right? Biodegradable soy-based masks. John Connor, thank you for the tip, dude. It's good to see you, man. I haven't seen your name in here for a while. We've uh, we got look at that. We got a few tips tonight over there on. We got more tips on Rockfin, but we are, we do have a few supporters over there. 
reminding us that we do still get big love from the YouTube audience. Thank you guys. You guys make sure to like the video, share the video, and make sure to, uh, you know, have, all, all these donations are going to go straight to my nonprofit, which is going to, uh, you know, to help get vital and, and absolutely necessary GMO soybeans um, made mandatory by the Taliban. So this is all going to go to forcing GMO seeds uh, from Monsanto on the Taliban so that we can so that we can soyify them a little bit and make it make it to where the US can occupy their country for another 20 years and export opioids to destroy another generation of children and absolutely ruin the West even more with your opioid crisis. I mean it's like it's 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 so criminal what has been done here in Afghanistan, what's been done in Iraq. It's so freaking criminal. Uh, I'm trying not to get mad. I thought this would be a more, I thought this would just be a lighthearted stream today, but it's actually, <laughs> it's actually enraging what is happening in Afghanistan. Look at all this money. $34 million program. Afghans don't like the taste of soy. Now they're just smarter than you give them credit for. They don't want to get rid of their, hair, their heirloom crops. Their heirloom crops grow better there. They've been growing these crops there for thousands of years. And you think your GMO soy is going to save them? Come on. So the reconstruction effort, right? Oh, we're going to reconstruct Afghanistan. You also got GMO seeds coming from China, apparently. Opium seeds. Problem that Afghanistan and international governments have tried to eradicate for decades is only getting worse. And China's a big reason why. Oh, it's all China's fault. The U.S. was guarding, you, you had our military guarding these opium fields. You had our military guarding the poppy fields. The poppy fields that were banished under the Taliban. And this is so, it's so ridiculous. Oh, we're, we're going to blame, we're blame China. It's China's fault. Get real. Um, and I'm not, not pro-China, by the way. <laughs> we despise communist China as well. All right, so um, GMO opium, GMO soy. Look at all that opium. That's a lot. That's a lot of opium. That's crazy. FAO uh, GM Foods platform. The FAO, the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, of course, pushing for soy production. In all of these countries, all these conquered nations, they become hotbeds for soy production, right? Whether they get conquered through war or through economic warfare via the IMF, the GMO seeds are what are forced on them. So you've got the Afghan poppy industry, you've got these GM seeds from China. Of course, the Afghans were not growing poppies before the U.S. invasion. So anyways, just massive push. Rural Mexico, making rural Mexico great again. Leading candidate endorses Farmers Reform Program. <clears throat> On April 10th, leading Mexican presidential candidate Andres Manuel López Abrador in front of 5,000 cheering farm movement leaders endorsed their proposal for the radical regeneration of rural Mexico. 
With a lead of 20 points over his nearest rival in the July 1st election, the endorsement signals a dramatic challenge to trade and agricultural policies in Mexico and the United States. Speaking in Jerez, Zacatecas, Lopez Obrador was clear that his goal as president would be to restore Mexico's lost food sovereignty. We will no longer buy overseas what we consume. We will produce in Mexico what we eat. So NAFTA, the NAFTA Treaty, this is what broke open Latin American countries in Mexico to become these essentially uh, the breadbasket for the U.S. And so food sovereignty is what's under attack. Food sovereignty is what is under attack by NAFTA, by the IMF, by these U.S. companies. So a lot of people want to fight back against this. A lot of people do not want this. But of course, you have backroom deals. You've got big ag, big pharma, selling everybody now on sustainability. Oh, look, it's so sustainable. GM crops can create sustainable source of fish oil. Sustainable fish oil. Let's hear about this. not want to play. Refresh the page here. Nope. It's not here currently. Anyways. They want to conduct field trials of a, quote, genetically modified crop containing omega-3 fatty acids normally found in oily fish. Wow. So we're gonna just we're gonna grow GMO. Don't eat fish. Eat our genetically modified crop that's gonna produce fish oil. I'm feeling good as hell about this dog. <laughs> Look at that. Biggest, biggest, biggest. Uh, John Connor donated five bucks. Says Afghans are super friendly. I spent a year there in the Hindu Kush. The U.S. will collapse soon from the lies we have done for money. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that seems to be the plan, doesn't it? That seems to be the plan. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's sad. So here you go. Look at this delicious-looking ice cream. Brave Robot. We love dairy. It's delicious. But conventional and factory-farmed approaches to dairy are not good for animals or the planet. Again, remember, conventional and factory-farmed approaches, they call it. Guess what? Factory farm, the factory farmed approach, the, <laughs> the same people who are funding companies like this are the ones that created the so-called factory farming system. And the cows are still eating grass. Most cows are still at least raised a good portion of their life on grass and then transferred to these feedlots where they get fattened up with all the toxic GMO grain. In the U.S. at least. Here, that system doesn't exist. Here, everything is grass-fed. It's not as fatty unless you get it from certain areas, harvest at the right time. It takes longer to grow them out. And there's nothing inherently wrong with giving some grain to an animal. What's wrong with the system that we have now, it's all the genetic modification that's sold to you as, oh, sustainability. And so here, here Brave Robot is going to tear down the straw man of conventional and factory-farmed approaches, which basically I just mean actual farmers owning animals. Because this is really what it's about. Let's be real. 
It's about the destruction of rural people. It's about your ability to get real good quality local animal foods, your ability to feed your family with good quality animal foods. It's about destroying that and replacing those with actual foods from factories. They're going to attack the factory farming straw man to give you factory-grown lab meat. And they'll tell you, oh, that's good. That's nice. And to do this, they're going to... They're going to need so many more factories, which i got to post on my Instagram page. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But first, we'll finish looking at Brave Robot. Yeah, so they love dairy. Oh, but it's so mean, all the poor cows, and the factory farming is bad for the planet and the animals. So we set out to make the world's best-tasting and most sustainable dairy ice cream. We're on a shelf near you. And what is it made out of? Whey. It isn't like dairy, it is dairy, just without the cow. Our ice cream is made with animal-free dairy from Perfect Day, which is molecularly identical to dairy from cows, but requires less total greenhouse gas emissions. Oh, less total, right? So they do this, they do this moral calculus. So instead of cows actually eating grass and then depositing that digested grass that goes through their rumen, which is this incredible bioreactor that actually using bacterial fermentation turns that grass into edible protein, fat, and carbohydrate in their milk and in their flesh as well, and then deposits fertilizer into the soil, right? properly grazed animals, fertilize the soil, sequester carbon into the ground and create big, deep, loamy black soil, which when you see nice black soil, that's carbon-rich soil. Right, but now they, they tell you, oh, their methane is destroying the planet. They fart methane. And that's making everything so hot. And it's making the ice caps melt. And if there's a snowstorm, it's causing that too. It's doing all of it. Right, so instead of this, they have precision fermentation. Precision fermentation. So let's see if we can get... I want to find... There was a breakdown of how they actually... How they actually create this how they make their fake way but oh it's, it's lower in greenhouse gas emissions you guys it's lower in greenhouse gas emissions their website's loading very slowly right now let me go over here what's going on bigots we got youtube still going you guys pretty soon we're going to transition over to exclusively on rockfin um sometimes sometimes the quality of stream as far as the uh, the video and sound quality on youtube sometimes the, it seems a little bit throttled i don't know if that's the case but over there on rockfin over there on rockfin it's actually much better so if you're watching on youtube right now the link for the rockfin stream is pinned in the chat so you can pull up a tab on rockfin check it out maybe about 10 15 minutes we're gonna go over there and do the uh, the second half is exclusively on rockfin Second half is going to be a little bit more light and fun. Uh, we just got to we got these sustainability <laughs> do the do a vegan and climate change sustainability rap video review, which will be fun. All right, so what is animal free dairy? Animal free dairy is made without animal inputs. The non-animal protein is identical to what's in cow's milk, but made without using a single animal in the process. Animal-free dairy is vegan, as are all other ingredients we use in our animals. 
How is your product made? Science! Oh, all right. No more. I don't have any more questions. It's made with science, you guys. It's made with science and progress and snuggles and hugs. Look, science, we use Perfect Day non-animal whey protein to make brave robot ice cream. Non-animal whey protein is the same way you'd find in cow's milk, except zero cows are involved. How? The bovine whey protein gene, stay with us, was digitized in an open source database, like an ebook. Microflora are given the blueprint of the gene sequence and then fermented in a tank along with some plant sugars. It's just like brewing beer. The result, a non-animal whey protein. We then use it to make Brave Robot, animal-free dairy ice cream that's just as creamy and dreamy as the real thing and uses less land. Oh, wow. So now we can take all those nasty farmer's land and repurpose it so that Bill Gates can own it. So that Jeffrey Epstein's friends can have nice retreats there where they just do philanthropy and help the children. Um, uses less land, water, and energy than dairy production. It's planet-positive ice cream. So they do, they do this sustainability calculus, which is all a bunch of baloney. It's all, a bunch, it's all complete bullshit. Let's let's, I want to see their actual ingredients. All right, let's, let, what, which flavor should we look at? Let's check out their buttery pecan. Ingredients. Water, sugar, coconut oil, corn syrup, sunflower oil. Nope and nope. Right, first three ingredients, not so bad. Water, sugar, coconut oil, corn syrup. So there you go. GMO corn, sunflower oil. That's going to be extracted with hexane, which is highly toxic. Pecans, non-animal whey protein. Oh, there you go. You know, <laughs> just right there. Oh, but that, that's so good. It's so nice. No, that's, it's, that's factory-made fake GMO whey. Who knows what's in that crap? Contains less than 2% maltodextrin, natural flavor, cornstarch, palm oil, calcium, potassium, phosphate, citrate, so uh, toxic preservatives, salt, disodium phosphate, molasses, sea salt, carob bean gum, mono and diglycerides. I don't know what those are. I don't want that. Uh, those are just some weird sugars. I don't know if, I don't know how they get mono and diglycerides. Caramel color. That could be, who knows what's in that. Uh, soy lecithin, there you go, of course. Got to get that soy in there. And carrageenan, hmm, again. Bunch of crap that you don't want to eat and malt extract. So, how lovely. So they got fake fermented, precision fermented ice cream now with whey. Made from fake foods. So let's replace your foods with soy. Let's replace it with corn syrup. Let's replace it with factory foods. And this is sustainable. The UN says this is good. All right, well, they make it nearly impossible for small family farms to even turn a profit. And it's nearly impossible for farmers to make any money without taking out huge loans from governments, from the IMF at the international level, or from banks in the U.S. to buy all the, the equipment to then destroy their soil with these pesticides, with these horrible compounds that these people are pushing that are used in order to grow the GMO crops, right? You have these artificial phosphate fertilizers, the NPK fertilizers that destroy the soil and create dead zones in the ocean. You have the pesticides that destroy your children's health. 
They make the autism rate skyrocket in all the areas where they use them. And on every single level, this mode of agriculture that they're promoting as sustainable is completely destructive. But also for your health, the soy is not good for you. Numerous studies have investigated the relationship between soy food, soy protein, or isoflavone extracts and markers of bone health and osteoporosis uh, <laughs> prevention and have come to conflicting conclusions. Uh, yeah, because the soyans, the soyans can be swayed. But we know that soy isoflavones have potential bone-specific effects and can cause osteoporosis. And so on paper, they say, oh, look, look at all those calciums in soy. Now, soy is also coming with tons of anti-nutrients that bind to that calcium, as well as other vital minerals in your body and pull minerals from your body. They're literally pulling nutrients from your body by giving you the almond milk, the soy milk, the plant-based diet. Whereas if you would focus on real animal foods, if you would focus on actual Real foods. If you would focus on nutrient-dense, locally produced animal foods, like, you know, again, a little plug, another plug for Jessica's cookbook here, the carnivore cookbook, where we show you how to actually prepare nutrient-dense animal foods and eat nose to tail. You can get all the nutrients that your body requires in the most bioavailable and easily digested form from those animal foods, and you can produce them locally. This is why we're always telling people to support your local farmers. Support local family farms. And we should be moving to producing some of our own foods. Right Now, getting raw milk from uh, cow shares is a good idea. A lot of places you're able to get in on uh, like a cow share program where you share the milk that's produced from a cow and share in the process of milking them and caring for them as well. Right Now, you don't have to like jump right into owning your own animals but you can get involved in stuff like that. And a great website for resources where you can find locally produced foods, which we actually can talk about that in here as well, is a really good guide to sourcing locally produced quality animal foods. But there's a good website called eatwild.com and then also realmilk.com. Those are databases where you can get in touch with local producers of animal foods, local farmers. I highly suggest that people... Start, if you're not already, sourcing your food from local producers. Support your local farms. If you can get it directly from the farms, you can get much better deals. Right? If you get something like a chest freezer, you can fill it up with a quarter cap. And you can buy that meat at a significantly cheaper price. I was talking to a friend in the U.S. He ended up paying about, what was it, like 350 I don't think you heard it. You don't think you were there. But through, he paid about 350 a pound. For half a cow. Yeah. And he was stoked. Wow, that's really $3.50 $3. a pound is really good in the U.S. Like here we would, you know, here it would be cheaper. But in the U.S., that's great. So anyways, guys, support local food producers. Focus on real, actual food. If you make a good portion of your, uh, your diet, fatty animal foods, not only are you going to get the fat and protein that you need. You're going to be more satiated. You're not going to want to snack as much. You're going to feel better physically and mentally. But also, you're not going to turn into a female catfish like researchers in Japan who use soybean compound to make catfish 100% female. 
So again, like it, it, these crops, they destroy your cultures. They destroy the heritage crops, but also they literally can turn catfish, groups of catfish, 100% female using soy isoflavones. <laughs> it's crazy, right? So the, uh, you know, this idea that these artificial foods are going to be so good for us, it's absolute baloney. It's absolute nonsense. So they talk about here, precision fermentation, which involves using genetically engineered microorganisms to produce animal products, is said to shake up the dairy industry. Newscientist.com. Real milk. No cows needed. Guess what? The cow is beneficial not just for the milk. They build your soil. If used properly, they can actually loosen up the soil. And we have this strip where we were kind of like strip grazing the cows where we were, where you, we use a mobile electric fence and we use uh, the system. Some people call it holistic land management. Some people call it uh, regenerative agriculture, right? And the idea is using proper intensive grazing to get the desired effects of growth in perennial grasses on your land. So we've got grasses here and this very, very dry, heavily sloped hillside where we get a lot of wind, right? A lot of wind and it just dries everything up so quickly. But it's crazy. We've got this one strip and we're still working on the system trying to figure out what the best application for certain practices is here throughout the year. But it's crazy. There's this one strip where the cows, we had a line with an electric fence where the cows and the sheep were walking up this every day to get to their paddocks that we would move every like two or three days. Sometimes we'd make a big paddock and it'd be like they'd spend a week in the paddock because we didn't have time to move it. But ideally what you want to do is you want to be moving them every single day to have fresh grass every day on small, tight quarters where they're competing for the grass and trampling the grass, pissing on it and pooping on it. And that creates this effect of stirring up the organisms in the ground and the soil, right? actually breaking up the soil a little bit so that it loosens the soil and the grass can grow better, and then depositing the minerals and the bacteria in the urine and the feces from these animals, the manure and the urine, and then you get this desired effect of more grass growth. But it's crazy, the strip we had that we had made as their, uh, their, their road, basically, the corridor where they walked every day and heavily trampled this area it's like 10 times more green than the rest of it. And it was rested for less time, if that makes sense. So for the next year, we're going to have to figure out what I might do is bring more animals in and work harder on moving them like more and just really get them to trample that. And then maybe even bring some sugarcane up to spots and feed them there so that they really get that desired effect because you see that strip, how green it is. If the rest of it was like that, like we'd be getting more milk. So anyways, you can produce more food on less land with just proper grazing techniques. But these people are telling you, no, your animals are bad. Your animals are so bad, they, 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 they poop methane. Well, they also have methanotropic bacteria that they deposit into the soil that then pulls methane from the atmosphere. Methane is not heating up the planet. Methane isn't changing the weather. Oh, but your government is. <laughs> your government is with mass-scale geoengineering campaigns and has been for a hundred years now. And you can read all the patents. 
for the aerosolized barium and aluminum salts that they spray in the upper atmosphere. They admit that they do cloud seeding. They admit that they used weather warfare against the Viet Cong. China admitted that it made it rain during the Olympics a few years back. There are entire weather modification exchanges. Right? You could pay companies to come and change the weather in your area. They say, oh no, that's a conspiracy theory. They tell you the cows are making the weather chain. The cows are making the gods angry. Alright, we got some tips over here though. Thank, thank you guys for the tips, man. We got... We got a bunch of awesome, generous, generous tippers over here on uh, on Rockfin, and we appreciate that very much. Um, just for kicks, tip twenty bucks says YouTube weak, soy strong. <laughs> thank you, I, I appreciate. It. Just for kicks, thank you for that big fat tip, Joy Jackson. Thank you so much, Joy. Um, says I saw in the store the other day a trans vegan ice cream called Brave Robot. There you go. Oh, this she must have sent this before we started talking about that. That's so funny. Joy is just right there. Dialed in. She knows where I'm going next, always. Uh, she says it was made from lab-grown dairy. Uh, they were on clearance because apparently they can't even give it away. Of course, nobody wants that crap. Nobody wants that trash. They want real milk. People want raw milk. But they make it illegal for you to get that. You can't buy raw milk. But uh, you can go buy... Uh, you can go get injected with genetic modification agents in uh, your local pharmacy. Without even showing them an ID, apparently. Marco Ramos, tip two bucks, says, Have you heard Big City by Merle Haggard? Y'all must be related. I was blasting that today, working in the hot sun, dreaming about escaping California. New sub here. I'm already in love with your content. Would love to do a one-on-one. I'm Catacumen at St. Matthews and Torrance, student at Cal, and mod on BA's channel. Glory, glory to God. Dude, Marco, thank you, man. I really... I, I'm stoked. Uh, I'm stoked that you enjoy it, man. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that you enjoy... The work we do here you know if you have more questions you want to well, actually joy joy uh mentioned the forum earlier we have we have a private forum here let me get the link i'll put the link and i'll put it in the description of the problem is hyperlinks don't seem to work very well what's that it's private.com okay well, yeah but it's I, I have it in the description over here and i just have to copy it oh no it doesn't show the whole thing all right, so yeah, Marco, I appreciate the uh, the support and I appreciate the enthusiasm, dude. I'm glad you enjoy the work we do here, and um, yeah, glad glad to have you on board. So if you if you want to get in on our weekly coaching calls, and if anybody listening, if this applies to you, uh, we do weekly coaching calls in our private members forum, and we got a bunch of really cool people in there, and that is also how we continue to do the work we do. And we do do private coaching as well, but I think the like the most affordable, especially you know if you're a student, if you're young, most affordable way to get more guidance is going to be by becoming a member at our private members forum right here. I'll put the link in the description of the Rockfin thing. So if you want to just refresh, you can get the link. It's going in the description of Rockfin, and I'm, I'll put it in the. Uh, in the chat as well. And if you're watching on YouTube, guys, sorry, sorry for that long delay. If you're watching on YouTube, we uh, we have the link in the description as well if you want to check out our private members forum and get in on those weekly coaching calls. All right. 
All right, Bill Scroggs, tipping 10 bucks, says, can you share a good recipe for kidney? Yeah, man, sure. Let me, here. Um, Jessica, what pages are the kidney recipes on? Go. It's in the organ. <laughs> no, what page? Tell me. You wrote this book, and you don't even know every page that every recipe is on? Come on. Come on. All right, yeah, Bill, Bill Scoggs, I'm glad you're thinking about kidney. Kidney is amazing. Now, kidney is one of these foods that is, it's really underrated. It can be an acquired taste. Like, kidney is one of my favorite organs. You know, I actually, we went through a period where I would eat kidney way more often than even liver. Jessica wants to find it. She's going to show you one. But we actually, if you, if you go to my YouTube channel, there is a video for how to make uh, just this really simple boiled kidney. That video is on YouTube, but I'm going to show you. She's going to find the page for you, and I'll actually show you, and you can screenshot it. How about that? When I, when I put it up on the screen, you screenshot that recipe, and you got, you got a free, well, I guess you would have, you, you did send me a tip. So it's, in, in a way, <laughs> in a way it's free for those who didn't send that tip, and you can, uh, you can get that free preview there. She's finding it right now. She's kind of in the dark. She, she says she's retarded. It's kind of redundant. They know you're a woman. It's a little bit redundant. No, I'm just kidding. We love women's. Actually, sometimes I am a woman. When uh, it's for grilled, grilled kidney. Grilled Where's that one? On the left page. Rognon grill. Rognon grill. Is that what is that word? Oh, it sounds so French. That word sounds way too French. Uh oh. Stream blipped. Okay. Who was that that asked? Who was the bigot that asked about that one? We were... There it is. Yeah, Bill Scroggs. Here you go. Let's see. Make sure. Nope, this one. You screenshot that. Screenshot that. There's your kidney recipe. Jessica thinks this one's really cool. It's a really simple one. But also, boiled kidney is really good. You can check out that boiled kidney recipe on our YouTube channel as well. And if you go to our website, which there's some links in the description to our website, uh, and you search kidney, there is probably two, three recipes up? There's a more in-depth on the, on the... There are a few in-depth recipes there for kidney. So, yeah. Kidney's awesome. Liver's great, too. Liver's, uh, liver's got vitamin A. Higher vitamin A levels than any other food. And that's the retinol form of vitamin A, right? The retinol form of vitamin A is what we need. Not the, uh, not the vitamin A, the beta carotene that you're going to get from carrots. All right. Let's see. We still live? We're still live. So anyways, they want precision fermentation, microorganisms, all this nonsense. Get out of here. We don't want that trash. We don't want that trash. Um, we want real food. We want real milk. We want raw milk. You know, not pasteurized trash. We want real foods. Locally produced animal foods you can live off of exclusively. You can't live exclusively off of plant foods. You can literally survive off of only steaks for the rest of your life. You don't need to. I'm not saying you should, but you could. You cannot survive on any 
things. You can't mono-eat any plant food and just live off of that. And then these vegans, they'll do like their watermelon fast or whatever to exacerbate, you know, to uh, uh, emaciate themselves and exacerbate all their health issues and destroy their guts. And they'll call it a cleanse, right? But you can actually eat nothing but meat. And I'm not saying you should. There are many people, though, who have found that. People who are dealing with serious autoimmune conditions, digestive issues, have found that long periods of time where they're just eating meat, actually, they will completely remit their autoimmune symptoms and get their health back and get their lives back from an all-meat diet, right? from a full-on carnivorous diet. Now, again, I'm not saying everybody should do that. There are some people who would benefit from that. Some, there are many people who have benefited from that, including myself. But that's not all I eat. But I do focus on animal foods. My diet, most of the time, is all animal foods. Like raw milk, cheese that we make, that Jessica makes. You make it from the milk that I milk. Look at this toxic femininity over here trying to claim her art cheese. You would have no milk if it weren't for my magic milking hands. <laughs> You should see Jessica try to milk a cow. The cow starts kicking. Doesn't even like her, her toxic femininity hands on her teats. She only likes my hands. <laughs> no, I think she was kicking for another reason that day, though. M maybe. All right. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you guys who have supported via the, uh, via the Streamlabs donations, guys. Uh, John Connor, Rachel, Exposing Powerful Lies. Thank you guys for the support over there. Um, we're going to be jumping over to Rockfin, exclusively Rockfin. On Rockfin, we can say what we want. On Rockfin, we do not have the mass censorship that we see on YouTube. On Rockfin, we're not going to be throttled. The stream quality is great on Rockfin, which on YouTube, I don't know what's going on right now, but it seems like the YouTube stream is glitching quite a bit. Unnecessarily, because we've got plenty of bandwidth. But over there on Rockfin, we're good. So guys, thank you for watching on YouTube. We're going to do our, uh, the next, the next segment's going to be more fun. The next segment's going to be better. We're going to be talking about our, our vegan friends and our climate change cult friends. We've got, uh, we've got a few vegan rap songs, climate change rap. <laughs> we've got, we have some, 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 some peak Western civilization fail cringe here with uh, climate change and vegan rap over the uh, on the next segment. So you guys watching on YouTube, jump over to Rockfin. Rockfin exclusive for the second half. I'm going to take like a two-minute break, and, uh, and we'll be over there. So thank you guys for watching. Uh, remember, focus on quality, locally produced foods. Don't fall for the trick of giving up the most important foods that you can eat, which are animal foods. All right, support local producers. Support locally produced animal foods. Because these things are not just these things are not just unhealthy for you, all the soy replacements. These are literal cultural weapons. These are actual weapons of warfare. These are seeds of destruction, as F. William Engdahl in his book uh, said. So, all right, guys, I'm out of here. Take a two-minute break. Jump over there to Rockfin. The link is in the description, and the link is actually pinned. The link is actually pinned in the live chat on YouTube. Jump over there to Rockfin. We'll see you over there, guys. I'll be right back.